hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today in Insurance Town, hanging out with us today. You picked a great day to check one out because this episode today is a little bit different. It's going to be a nice change of pace for you. Because of my relationship with the professional insurance agents of Arkansas, I was able to get my hands on a recording from an event that happened earlier this summer. It was called the Virtual Value Event, and it was called the Grind Series, and it focused on the account manager. It was all things account manager for a whole week, capped off with a live panel discussion, and there was five incredible ladies on this panel, facilitated by Stacy Sharon, the EVP of the PIA of Arkansas, and she does a phenomenal job facilitating, and these panelists do an incredible job uh, answering questions and bringing up some incredible topics and discussions of all kinds of different things. So whether you're an agency principal, a carrier rep, a producer, and especially if you're an account manager, grab a pen, grab some paper, and get ready to take some notes. There's some gold in this here episode. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by several incredible sponsors of mine that I just got to talk about for a minute. If you're an independent agent, and you're struggling to find markets or struggling to balance your carrier relationships because of the high production requirements and the volume commitments, Smart Choice is absolutely the way to go for you because they don't operate on upfront costs or, or monthly fees. They only operate on a commission split. And that's only a commission split off the business that you get off markets they provide for you. They don't want to take equity in your agency. They don't want you to bring in your current carriers underneath their umbrella. Nothing like that. Simply a commission split. And they want to help you to become the best agency you can be. So they're going to even negotiate higher commissions and lower production and volume requirements. And they've got over 9,000 agencies across the country they work with. It's no wonder they're the fastest growing agency network in the country. Go to smartchoiceagents.com and check them out. Another one of my incredible sponsors is CoverDesk. CoverDesk is doing some amazing things with virtual assistants. And, and they want you to be a part of the process from the very beginning. And so you get to be a part of the interview and the hiring process and, and bringing on these, these people to help you. Why do you need a virtual assistant? Because they can take the burden of administrative tasks off your plate they can take um, some of those other things off of your staff's plate so that they can focus on the stuff that they're good at or focus on the things that, that matter most to the agency, building relationships uh, with your clients, building relationships with other staff members. Uh, they can help you focus on selling more. They can help you to focus on so many things that you're good at by taking those other tasks off your plate. They do a phenomenal job with this, and they train these virtual assistants in things that matter to our agency. They know the agency management systems that we work on. They know the carrier systems that we work with, and they've been trained on all these things. And so a virtual assistant is a game changer for your business. I guarantee it. Go to virtual, I'm sorry, go to coverdesk.com. Com or email hello at coverdesk.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. You're going to be so glad that you did. That's coverdesk.com. Now, on to today's episode. 
Again, you know, it's from an event that was recorded earlier this summer, virtual value event, the Grind Series. And you're going to hear from past guests in Mary Catherine Henderson and uh, Kelly Donahue Piro. You're also going to hear from hopefully future guests in Wayla Ramsey, in Sydney Hoffman's, and Amanda Dickey. And hopefully maybe someday my wife will come on and rap with me, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, sit back, uh, take some notes, and check out this incredible panel discussion facilitated by Stacy Sheeran. I'm excited to have all you guys on here. I'm, I hope that you watched the videos and enjoyed them. I know I did. We have our panelists on here live so that you can ask questions about the videos or if you have any other questions that maybe the videos did not address. And you've got ladies on here that are amazing. They've been doing it forever. And I'm sure there's other ladies that I'm missing out on that are amazing that I would love to come visit and get to know. So I'm going to let the panelists take over and introduce themselves. We're going to start with Miss Kelly Donahue-Piro and let her give her beautiful smile a chance to Oh, there she is. I missed her. There's so many people on my screen. So, all right, Miss Kelly, I'm going to let you take it away. Well, hello, everybody. Great to see everybody in Arkansas. My name is Kelly Donahue Piro. I've been in insurance since I was 18. No one knows my real age except for my mom. So let, let it be known it's been more than double 18. And my passion is helping agents become ridiculously amazing. And in particular, we focus a lot on the frontline account managers um, and really in small, uh, small commercial personal lines, because I think that's the most underserved market. So my passion is just helping people have more fun at their job, do their job better and really delight the clients. So I'm excited to be here, Stacey. I'm excited to have you, Miss Kelly. I'm hoping that your time management will help more than one of us on the screen. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so, next, I'm going to go to Miss Wayla Ramsey. Miss Wayla, if you will introduce yourself and let us know your wonderful abilities and where you are currently located. Sure. My name is Wayla Ramsey and um, I'm now with <laughs> a fairly recent move, um, Clarksville Insurance and Russellville Insurance. I am the agency manager um, for that group and I've been in the industry, I guess at this point, 19 years. So it's basically all I've ever done. I've been in all kinds of different capacities, um, primarily on the independent agency side. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I see myself doing this until I retire. <laughs> so nice to meet all you guys. Thank you, Miss Suela. I appreciate that. Next, I'm going to go to Miss Amanda Dickey and let her visit with you guys for just a moment. Introduce herself. Yeah. Hi, everybody. So um, I'm Amanda Dickey and I have been in um, the insurance industry just over 20 years. Um, I've worked for three different independent agencies, and I have done every job in the insurance um, agency that you can think of. So I've been the receptionist, I've been a producer, I've been a CSR, you name it, I've done it. Um, I am one of those crazy idiots that just love insurance. Like my husband gets so tired of hearing about it at home. He's like, if it's not insurance or rotary, you don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, well, you know, talk about what I know. So anyway, but yeah, I'm glad that you all joined us today and, and hopefully you found these um, videos very beneficial. Thank you, Miss Amanda. And I really want to go ring, 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 ring. to <laughs> <laughs> well, You just introduced for us. Ms. Mary Catherine, <laughs> <laughs> Mary Catherine, take it away, darling. 
Hi, everybody. I'm the crazy one. Uh, I'm Mary Catherine Henderson. I work at Crosspoint Insurance. Uh, I started when I was 16. So I've been doing this almost 20 years too, which is just crazy to think about, but I don't know anything else. It's all I know. It's all I've ever done. Um, and I love it. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to be, I got my phone. I'm ready to do some more skits. Try real hard to be your positive Patty, not your negative Nina, but you know, we all have our days. <laughs> yes, we do all have our days. We are all positive Patties today, aren't we? Yay. So the, the last but certainly not the least lady that I would like for her to introduce herself is Miss Sydney Hoffman's. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Sydney Hoffman's. I have been in the industry since 2014. So I think that makes me the youngest one on the panel. Um, worked for a couple agencies as well as on the carrier side. And I've absolutely loved my journey. I've worn a few different hats along the way and have really loved each and every opportunity and love getting to be involved and work alongside people on the carrier end as well as the agency end was one of my favorite aspects of being a carrier rep way back when was getting to sit down with account managers day in and day out. So I love the opportunity um, for us today to meet up and, and get to talk a little bit more. Good. Me too. It was just, how are we, we need a talking stick. I guess that's what I am actually is the moderator. So <laughs> Um, my name, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Stacey Sharon. I'm with the PA of Arkansas. And we put together the Grind series because we had a need come to us from many, many principals and account managers saying that they would like some training and the ability to provide a network for each other. So I'm hoping as you guys are on here that maybe some of you will show us your faces so I can see your faces. But if not, please look to these ladies as becoming a network that you can rely on, that you can reach out to, that you can ask questions along with the PIA. I feel like there is not that opportunity as much between the account managers and necessarily agency staff to get to interact with one another in ways that other insurance professionals do. So that's what this platform is for as well. So if you have any questions, regarding how to get in touch with these ladies, please reach out to me. Um, all you have received an email from me, so you should be able just to respond back to it. And I can let you know their, their secret Batman phone number so you can actually get a hold of it. So anyway, I'm going to open it up to questions. And what I would like to do is if you would put your question in the chat feature, and then I will say so-and-so, and then you can open it up and unmute yourself and ask a question. So who put on here for me to speak? Okay. Does anyone have a question that they would like to ask in the chat feature? I don't. Oh, I do see one coming in. Let's see here. We're going to go with Miss Kelly first. All right, Miss Kelly, are you ready? I'm ready. It says, when you say email is an addiction, how can I keep up with the workflow and not miss emails if I'm not in my emails all day long, which we all are, especially if I'm waiting for responses from my underwriter or my clients or my agent? It's a good question. So the idea is, is that there's you have to also honor the silent customer. So there's things you're waiting on. There's email communication. To me, email is no different than the phone, right? So somebody leaves you a voicemail message you go write it down or you put it somewhere and you call them back. Maybe you finish what you're working on. You wrap up your meeting. I think that what ends up happening with email is it's a constant interruption. So, oh, I got this from an underwriter. Let me stop what I'm doing. I'm in the middle of a quote. I'm in the middle of a remark. Let me stop, go over here and keep coming back. What we're saying is shut down your email so you can focus on certain items. It doesn't mean shut it down for the whole day. It might mean focus on your remarket, focus on the new business quote, then go back and open up your email. But what you find between the pop-up boxes, email is coming at you all day long and you have other work to do too. 
So you have to be cautious because an email causes another email causes another email. How do you also get your suspenses or your activities done? And we find people work out of their email and then they have open suspenses. They have a to-do list. They have their email. If you take a look, we have that two minute rule, which is if it comes into email and it takes two minutes, do it and document it. If it comes in and takes more than two minutes, it really belongs in your management system as a to-do item so that you can have a schedule and a by when to do it. Now, if you're waiting on an underwriter for something that's going to maybe cancel at five o'clock today, that's a way different story than maybe I'm waiting on a commercial quote from an underwriter or certificate language. You have to think about you're doing something already. Email can just be interrupting what you're constantly doing. And it's okay to shut your email down for 20, 30 minutes to focus on what's directly in front of you, complete it and do a really good job there. So when I say email is an addiction, and I just did an email, I just did a time management training before this, everyone freaked out and we said, shut your email down. Well, people need me, people need things in there. That's the definition of an addiction. If you can't walk away from it, without feeling like cringy, we may be thinking that we're a little addicted to knowing what's in there, but I want you to become as addicted to your email as you are to the activities in your management system, because really that's the gold of what you should be focusing on and getting your emails in there as well. So hopefully that helps clarify a little bit. It does. So some of us just have that anxiety. I get it. It's the being needed and wanted, but You know, especially if you're a leader, one thing that I had to confront was my staff came to me and said, hey, every time we ask you a question, you're also checking your email. You're not present when we're asking a question. And I was like, whoa, that's not how I want to show up in life. And I realized that I had a big problem with email. And I also realized when I shut it down and I shut it off for increments of time, I get things done so much faster because I have like ADHD, like I'm like shiny object syndrome. I can't control it (laughs) when it's off. I can just get done what I'm doing and I go right back to it. And the emails are still waiting there for me. (laughs) They don't go anywhere. (laughs) No, they don't go anywhere. Unfortunately. Um, That's just, that's really good advice though. If everybody can just make that, just do it, just, you know, minimize the thing. Don't look at your phone. You know, I've heard some of your other suggestions to people is turn off your notifications on your phone. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, that just was like panic attack immediately, you know, but also Mary Catherine has seen my email bubble on my phone. And I mean, you see her face, she about lost her mind because yeah. one of them was like 10,000 emails. On my account. <laughs> the red bubbles. I can't handle the red bubbles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had to let the red bubble go though, because I just couldn't keep up with it. So I just, you know, well, Mary Catherine, since we have you on here, I'm going to go ahead and ask you a question as well. Um, When you talk about attitudes, everything, what if your agency culture controlled from the top down is negative? Mm. What are your thoughts on how to change that or come to work every day with a smile on your face? I mean, that's, that's hard, you know, it's contagious. So a bad attitude is contagious, but a good attitude I would hope is contagious too. Now you can't, be the culture for your entire agency, but you can rub off on one person, that person will rub off on another. And I think um, if everybody's coming to work with a smile on their face or trying to, I think that kind of dictates the culture of the office. I mean, I know it trickles down. Absolutely. But um, you know, you're, you are, you're, you are the only one that can control your attitude. So like I said, I think I said in that, in that skit, I try to wake up every morning with a smile on my face and in every like aspect, you know, 
I have two small kids. It's hard to do sometimes <laughs> when they wake you up at 5.30 in the morning or screaming about wanting to watch TV. But whatever I do here just rolls off into my work day. So um, that's kind of, that's a hard one. I don't know. You, I don't want you to be happy. So if you're, uh, be unhappy. So if you, if your agency is making you unhappy, maybe you need to make a change, but you dictate your, your attitude. I guess that's what I can say. Does that answer the question? Yes, it did. Um, I have someone that came and says, we can't control other people, but we can control how we allow them to affect us. And that's completely agree that we all have the ability to control our reaction to something. Some of us probably do a lot better job than that than others. I told my children that I'm like, you're, it's your choice. You can have a good attitude or you can have a bad attitude. Which one do you want to have? And Absolutely. so, you know, I, I really do understand the ability of the reaction. And then, so I was going to say, Sydney, do you have, or Wayla, do you have any response to what MK is saying? Because I know Wayla, you've been in managerial roles and Sydney, you've also been in, in different roles as well when you're coming from either side. So, yeah, I mean, obviously what, what she said, you know, I, I second that, but um, you know, and, and as the, um, not sure exactly who indicated that, but it, really all you can do is control yourself. You can't control anyone around you. You can't control what they say, what they do, how they feel. Um, so, you know, you as, as your only person that's under your control, you know, you do what you can do, but from like a leadership perspective, the one thing I would say is I think it's actually like extra important. Um, if you're in any sort of leadership role, if you're, um, even if it's not a official leadership role, I know when, you know, inside of a lot of agencies, you know, a person may not necessarily have a title or, um, official capacity as a leader, but you can walk into any agency and, you know, pretty, pretty quickly, um, you know, what person there is affecting the culture, what person is, you know, kind of dictating what all of the other folks are doing. And so if you're that person, if you've got that influence in your office, I think it's even that much more important to, you know, keep your own, your own attitude in check because it, it really trickles down to everyone else. The part of, of being in a managerial or leadership position, you control what you can control, as both of the ladies have already said, trying to celebrate victories, communicate, fulfill your role as best you can, and try to be a teammate to everyone else. Sometimes that can rub off and you can have really positive effects. Things typically trickle down, but they can also work their way up. So that's how I try to attack my interactions. Attack isn't the best word, but um, working alongside those, trying to be as helpful as possible and as gracious and grateful for the aid that I receive. Um, and that's helped. It's hard to work in any environment where the synergy is not really there, but ultimately you, you have as much power as you can give yourself to hopefully influence others. I agree with that. And then um, we had someone come in while Sydney was visiting about that, about how you can affect others and how your personality can engage them more with you came in and said, you know, it also affects your customers as well. If you are happy and encouraging, they will trust you more. And Sydney, you, you've worked on both sides, you know, the company side and the agency side. So you can see that from agents trust you more when you come in with a smile on your face and you're encouraging and then as well with customers calling in, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah um, I, think, I think you can actually hear it. That's kind of one of the things that I was just talking to someone the other day about is, um, you know, when you pick up the phone, whether it's a customer, whether it's an internal, you know, person, I think you can hear on the other end whether the other person is smiling. So it's kind of like a little hack if you even if you don't necessarily feel like smiling, if you smile when you answer the phone, I think it comes through to the other person. Wayla, I will tell on myself to everybody on this. 
there's a lot of times people will call the PIA office and I will answer the phone and they will ask me if Stacy is there. <laughs> <laughs> and it is because my mother was in staffing for years and she always taught me to smile when you answer the phone, no matter how upset, no matter what's going on, it's always smile. So when you call the PIA office and you hear, thank you for calling PIA, how may I help you? That's me. It's just, there's like, a smile on my face. <laughs> I literally had somebody say, that doesn't even sound like you. This is not Stacy, but it is. It's just the fact of when you're calling in the initial response that you're going to get when that phone picks up is me. And I don't want it to be, yes. This is negative Nina speaking. <laughs> you know, because I've called places and negative Nina answered and I thought, mm, absolutely. My ba- my day is bad enough. I don't need to share yours, mm-hmm. you know, or if you talk to someone positive, your day gets better. And so you, you know, be that better person in that life, be that better person when you're reaching out to others. I mean, Kelly, is that something that you teach within your myriad of classes and techniques that you do? I am such a believer in positivity. Like I can't, I think it's a choice. I think you wake up every day and you choose it. You know, I know Mary Catherine kind of had that same situation, but I also think too, there's a lot of people that are burned out in insurance and they need to hit the reset button. You know, like, yes, technology is happening. Yes. Customers need things. Yes. The pressure is on, but I think everybody has it in them to be ridiculously amazing, which is kind of our tagline. But I think more importantly, we have to let go. I think, some people get grumpy because they're asked to cross sell or they're asked to quote over the phone or do these modern things. And they say, Oh, that's not for me. That's not for me. And I I always just tell people education has to be in our DNA. And if we're not willing to adapt, my biggest fear for insurance agencies across this country is we become blockbuster Mm -hmm. because we don't want to get on video and we don't want to do video proposals, or we don't want to think about quoting over the phone, or we don't want to think about new ways to embrace our customer because we've always done it this way. And those ways don't work forever. And I know it's hard. I know it's really hard to change. But I also understand that, you know, our industry has the potential to become extinct if we're not careful. There's $8 billion being spent by direct writers to tell all of your customers that they should go to them. And their marketing systems are powerful and their message is powerful. And I just feel like we have to fight back and step up to that plate and be impressive every day to our customers. And I don't know if we all walk into the arena thinking about that every time we come into an office. No, I don't. I know if my kids have had a crappy morning and in turn, I've had a crappy morning. I'm not really thinking about the industry's future when I walk into my office, <laughs> even though that is something that I really, I mean, that's one of my large focuses, but you look at it as we don't want to be out of a job in an industry that we love because we're taken over by the large carriers that are, I mean, carriers are starting to buy agencies, I, you know, and I'm thinking, where are we going to go when the independent agency force is now owned by huge conglomerates all over the nation? And that's something like Amanda Dickey with the positivity that I've seen in insurance over the years. I can call Amanda and I always feel better when I get off the phone. And I know Aww, she's smiling real quick right now, but, um, Honestly, there's times I mean, Amanda, not that I don't love all you ladies and everyone on here, but Amanda does have the ability to, make people smile, make people feel important when she talks to them. And I think it's because she started so young and has gone through each different one and has witnessed somewhat herself on being on the other end of, you know, receiving the negative Nina. So mm-hmm. Amanda, is there, is there anything you'd like to wrap up this with? Because you, yeah, have- you know, I, I've, 
I've been blessed and that I've been one that's I'm, I'm really good at reading a room and I'm really good at reading other people's vibes. And with that, I'm also, it's, it's a self-conscious choice that I made years ago because I realized at a point in time in my life, I would let other people's attitudes affect mine. And I would get drugged down so quickly and so fast. And that just wasn't me. And I thought I can't be like this. So I just made a conscious decision that every morning I'm going to have a good day. You know, I may, I may not, but I'm going to have a good day in the end of it. And, you know, when I came into the office, you know, I, I managed the, the block Batesville office and there's only four of us in the, that location. So it's not a very big office. So if one person is having a bad day, we're all going to have a bad day unless I can flip that. So I will try to find out if someone's having a bad day and I'll try to turn that around with that person as quickly as possible so that that attitude doesn't affect everyone else's. You know, I do different things. I'm a big jokester. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll go around and, and make them laugh. I'll do stupid, silly stuff just to get their mind off of the negativity and um, try to get them to do something funny or just to lighten it. And then we try to at my office. I have a 10, 2, and 4 rule. I have an alarm set on my phone that goes off at 10 o'clock, at 2 o'clock, and at 4 o'clock. And my girls know that at those times, we're supposed to get up and everybody go to the lobby where our, where our receptionist personal line girl is. And we all stand up for five minutes. And we just get away from it. We just shake the negativity off. We shake the day off. You know, we tell on ourselves if we've done something stupid and we just get away from it for a minute and just have a good five minute laugh or whatever we need to do. And it just makes the day so much better. And, and our customers see it. They know what we're doing. You know, when they come in the door, if we're all standing up there, we're, we tell them what's going on. We, we just have a good time with it. And it's really, really helped out a lot. Um, with the motivation because I came from an office before where I would get there at eight o'clock and at six o'clock I would still be there and I hadn't moved all day long I didn't go to lunch I didn't get away from my desk I didn't even go to the bathroom and I was tired and just hating life and was miserable and I thought you know I can't do that and nobody and and what made me even matter about it was my managers didn't notice it was like they didn't even notice that I was doing that to myself and so when I became a manager I thought I'm not going to let my staff do that I'm not going to let them get to that place where they hate their job they hate being at work they hate me or they resent me because of it so I try to be the person that I don't want anybody, you know, that people, people need, I, I try to be that person that people need me to be when they need me to be it, I guess. And I'm just, I'm a good chameleon that way. So. That's amazing. I mean, because I don't know of many agency cultures that give their employees the ability to get up. And as you said, shake it off. Yep. Because so many times we'll just continue to sit at the desk and let, you know, for lack of a better word, whatever is bothering us fester. And then it flows into everything else that we're doing. And you just don't have that thought, you know, I need to get up and shake this off and walk out. And it helps to have someone in a managerial role come to you and say, Hey, let's change this. Let's do this. So awesome idea. I'm seeing a lot of chat comments. I don't know if anybody else is on there. You know, I love the 10 to four rule. Oh, I love that idea. It's a great idea. Another one, great idea, you know, the old Dr. Pepper advertising, is that what yeah, this is? It and, is. Uh -huh. And I mean, so you pick up little ideas from everything that you're involved in to help every day in life. And so while, while I have you on here, Amanda, I want to ask about your community involvement. So many people within agencies are not given the opportunity to get out and get involved, especially during business hours. 
So coming from a place where you couldn't be involved before and now you're in one that you are, how do you suggest people initially start getting involved in their communities if they want to? And why is that so important representing insurance in your industry? I mean, I'm sorry, not your industry, but your community. Um, I'm very passionate about community involvement. Um, you know, communities thrive or die, you know, with their, within themselves. And, it, and it's up to the peers and the community members and the people that live there, um, you know, to boost morale or to get things going. Um, you know, things don't just happen on their own. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of take charge and, and, and set an initiative and, and help promote that. And some of the best ways, you know, are through um, nonprofit organizations that need a lot of help. And, you know, sometimes it's super easy things um, <laughs> like what? I was raising my hand when you said nonprofits that need a lot of help. I'm like, me, 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 me. Because well, you guys I, are wonderful volunteers. Yeah, I was saying, as your president, I help you as much as I can. <laughs> you do. It's amazing. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's other ways and it doesn't have to be during work hours. I mean, I know it's hard um, to get away from work. Some people can use their lunch hours. Some people, you know, are not, um, don't have that privilege. Um but, you know, there's lots of things in your communities that aren't just during weekdays. I mean, you know, Habitat for Humanity is a big one. Um, I know in our area, they usually meet like one Saturday a month and they need, you know, they need lots of help. The Humane Societies are other ones and they need simple stuff like just to come out and play with the dog for an hour. You can take your kids, you know, and make it a family event. Um, it doesn't have to be just you as, as yourself. Um, you know, there's always um, cleanups trash cleanups, highway cleanups, things like that, you know, lake cleanups. Um, you can look for dates like that um, to, to be helpful. Um, there's just so many different ways. If you can't join a, a, a group, you know, a non, uh, like a, I'm a Rotarian. I'll just be upfront and honest. I've been a Rotarian for about 11 years and, and I love it. And through high school, um, I was in Key Club, which is tied to the Kiwanis. You know, it's just, it's been something that I have just, my family, my parents are both service driven people. And I have just always been a very service minded driven person. And through those avenues, you make such great connections. I mean, the majority of my friends, um, I mean, I still have friends from high school, but I don't talk to them on a regular basis. But my friends from Rotary, my friends from YIP, my friends from, um, you know, other organizations that I'm affiliated with um, through the chamber and different things. Those are who, if, if I was in trouble, it's usually one of those people that I'm going to call. And through those people, you may not realize they may not, they may not need you or come to you for help or need, you know, need you for insurance. But if someone ever asked them who would be a good person to go to, they're going to drop your name. So just getting out there and, and letting people know who you are and what you're about and who you work for, it's going to help your business to grow. Um, because people, you're going to start seeing referrals come in. And um, I mean, I'm known as the Rotarian lady. They may not know my name over here is Amanda Dickey, but they know, you know, that girl in Rotary, everybody knows that Block is the, the place they're able to go. If you want to know anything about Rotary, about scholarships, anything that Rotary is doing, everybody knows just come to this office. It's, it's crazy. So hey, Amanda, I have a question yes. for you. Yeah. I noticed um, Meg said that she would love to get out more often, but her boss won't let her. Do you have any ideas, tips, tricks of maybe a way to present it to your principal, boss, whomever it is that you're reporting to that maybe, you know, would shift their, um, shift their view on that? 
Yeah. So a lot of times if they won't let you out at first, and I know it's hard to get away, you know, they need you in the office, especially if you're a smaller staffed office, um, you know, people need there to, to be there to take care of customers. I understand that. Um, so a lot of times you might something, start with something small in the office that maybe you could do, you know, do some kind of fundraiser within your agency, um, you know, do a food drive, um, you know, maybe partner with your local chamber or partner with your local food pantry and be a, a toy drop destination during Christmas time for the toys for tots or, you know, something like that. And that helps promote your agency as well. So your manager or your owner, or your principal, whatever, if it's going to bring traffic to your, to your brick and mortar place, to your agency, that's going to help, you know, get you out there as well. So a lot of times they're not going to say no to that. I mean, they're going to really like that idea. So, you know, do just something simple like that. Um, I know at our agency, we've done a couple of times, we've helped some nonprofits out by doing what we call quotes for a cause. And we will do it like for a month long. And anybody that lets us quote their new, it has to be new business. If we quote it, we don't have to write it. If we just quote it, then we donate, you know, a certain amount back to that nonprofit. And if you'll partner with that nonprofit, a lot of times they'll help, you know, they'll post it on their Facebook. They'll try to help get the word out. Like we've done it with United Way over here and we've done it with our, the old Independence Regional Museum. And they will help spread that word. And not only is it getting the word out about your agency, but it's getting your face out you know, into the public and letting people know, hey, this is an insurance agent, but it's also an insurance agent in our community that cares about our community. They're giving back to our community. You know, it's not just, you know, not only statewide, but just right down here in little bitty, you know, Batesville, Arkansas, Independence County, where there's less than 10,000 people. You know, that's, that's what the shows, that's what they like to see. They want to see that you care. And it just really helps people learn about you and to know about you. Great ideas. Y'all are dropping gold. <laughs> You're, you I, know, I forgot my notepad. I need my notepad. I know. I see people like <laughs> with their heads down and I'm like, oh, they're taking notes. Um, I, somebody did come in there and ask Kelly, you know, what do you see across the country, Kelly, as far as, I mean, they didn't really give um, a lot of, of specifics on that, but I think just what do you see across as far as account managers being involved and what's going on with account and like, what other, we in Arkansas kind of know what we face. Is it the same out there as well? I mean, is it, is a, is it a just collective stress every day in account manager world and the same avenues that these ladies face? I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, and then I also get the pleasure of working in places like Washington State where the House and the Senate declined this, but the governor put an executive action in place to say that carriers could not use insurance scores any longer and they had two months to fix it. So there, some people's rates are gonna go up $1,700 in personal lines because carriers aren't known to take a gamble. And so I think sometimes we miss our stress levels. Like, you know, Iowa had three major tornadoes. So rates there are going up 30%. So it's different everywhere you go. I think on the getting out of the office community issue, I do want to say, I think sometimes we have to identify how we present ourselves. So if we're going to our agency owner, I'm, I'm so busy. I'm so backlogged. I'm so busy. Mm. It's really hard for them to say, okay, go out to the community event too. So we have to be really cognitive of how we're presenting ourselves. And it's also a commitment. And I think that that's something that sounds really great to get out of the office and spend time in the community, but I love what Amanda said. Amanda's really committed to that. So it can't be one of those things you go to sometimes when it's convenient, when it's easy, 
you won't see the traction for your agency owners to get behind it. I think if you come to them with a good plan, if you've done your research and you've done your homework, it's a little different than I'd like to go to XYZ this one time. I think it's more the commitment that Amanda's displayed that will get agency owners to say, oh, you have an interest in this. Let's see what we can do. Um, and, and kind of think of it from that perspective. But if you're sharing how overwhelmed and backlogged and, you know, you're the owners getting calls from their clients saying, hey, I haven't heard back from so-and-so, it's a hard position for an agency owner to say, yeah, take more time out of the office too. So that is one thing to just kind of consider. Um, as far as across the country, I just see this role in insurance agencies developing and becoming such a critical role, especially if you're on the personal line side. Because many times we don't have producers as much on personal lines. There used to be producers and CSRs. And I try hard not to use the title CSR. I love the word account manager because really you're managing millions of dollars of premium for the agency. And that means cross-selling and recommending increases in coverages and doing the remarkets when necessary. When I think CSR, sometimes I think of, oh, they took a payment. They changed a vehicle. But I look at this role so much more powerful of you are really managing that book of business and helping it grow. And by doing a great job, agencies get referrals and they get more opportunity. And so when I look at this role, I look at it as growing and developing and also making sure that at the end of the day, we're always investing in ourselves, which is why I love doing this. And Stacey, thank you so much for putting this on because everybody on here is taking the time to invest in themselves mm -hmm. to say, how can I strengthen up and be the best account manager or salesperson or CSR or receptionist or assistant to agents, whatever your roles are, you know, this is an awesome industry. I'm so blessed that it found me because I don't think insurance, no one grows up wanting to be like, I want to be an insurance agent, right? <laughs> like somehow we're all blessed. We're all shaking our heads though. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think I want to be like a ballerina or something. Like it was so much and even today, sometimes I, like, I'm an insurance agency consultant, like <laughs> adding the word consultant to the end of it. People hate that even more. You know, <laughs> so, um, I just think that if we really look at going back to positivity, look at your blessings, right? You're in an industry that didn't have much impact during COVID. Like so many industries, people were out of work. We had work. We had more than enough work to do. This is a completely stable industry. It's very family friendly. And so if we're getting down on this industry or the workload or anything else, I think sometimes you have to step back and say, well, is this blessings in work clothes and I just need to put my work clothes on and get through them? Or is it really a situation where I'm, you know, down and out and frustrated? I think a lot of times it's just the little things. And my grandfather always taught me this one saying, and it stayed with me my whole life, which is ask yourself, is this going to matter in a year? What you're mad about today with this one client and this one interaction or this one coworker thing. And by the way, I think coworker friction causes much more drama than client interaction. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I was just say, you know what? I'm not going to remember this in a year. Let it go. Like I'm not, if, if I wake up a year from now and I remember this, I'm not doing life right. <laughs> so I got to figure out like, what am I going to take on? What am I going to let go? and let go of the stuff that's not going to matter in a year. Man, I love that guitar riff. Uh, but you know what that means? We're at a mid-roll ad. I got to talk to you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution to getting the deck pages. You need to quote your prospect. You know, lately I've been doing some demos with them and introducing them to some of you my citizens out there. And each time that happens, you guys sign up and you call me weeks later, like, oh my gosh, 
you were not lying. This is unbelievable. Uh, it actually works. I send this to my customers. Within seconds, I get the deck pages. They think it's great. I think it's great. And now you can create customizable links for your referral partner that you can send them that they use. And again, it sends you those deck pages in seconds. You get your business done. Uh, the customer's happy. The referral partner's happy. You're right in business, improving your agency. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Uh, check it out, usecanopy.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. Let's get back to the show. That's fantastic advice. Again, that comes, you know, you just have to make that choice. Um, it was geared towards Wayless, but I want everybody to answer. When writing a summary for the underwriter, I would be interested to hear exactly how transparent you are with this and how careful you are while both representing the carrier as well as being an advocate for the client too. Who have fun with that one, Wayla? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I think before we uh, got on here, I was like, don't, don't ask me anything hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, well, I think that's like, that's really where doing a little bit of research comes into play, like a little bit, um, you know, a lot of times, obviously in the, in the seats that, that we're sitting in, typically, you know, we get an account brought into us. So a lot of times we're depending on someone else's depiction of that account or, you know, summary that they've put together, you know, whatever that might look like. Um, I like to, I like to know for myself, you know, because I, again, I think I said this at the end of my presentation, it's really your, your reputation. And, you know, like Kelly mentioned, investing in yourself, um, that's an investment in yourself as well, is how you present yourself, you know, within the industry. And so I like to know what I'm presenting. So that's, you know, one of the key ways that I, that I do it is I like to do my own research. So, you know, you look at your, their Facebook pages, their, you know, social media, what is it that they're marketing that they do? Um, you know, look at their website because, you know, your underwriter is going to go look at all that stuff anyway. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's this day and age, that's, that's what everybody's going to do. So go ahead and just do it for them, you know? And then as far as, you know, being transparent, um, I, I don't hold anything back. Um, now, and let's see, how should I say this? The way that it's presented does make a difference. <laughs> so as far as the information itself, I do, I, I will not hold it back because, you know, we do ultimately, you know, we have that contract with that, with our companies, you know, so we've, we've got to be cognizant of that. Um, but obviously, you know, we make our living selling insurance. <laughs> and so the last thing you want to do is, you know, not write insurance, um, but the way that you present it, I think is, is really, you know, is really key. And, and Mary Catherine, I see you shaking your head. So, um, you might be able to speak to that a little bit more as well, but yeah. ultimately, you know, you could go in and say, this client's got, you know, really crappy claims, but I'd like for you to look at it anyway. And then you could go in there and you could say, Hey, I'm sending these loss runs. I know on first glance, they, they don't look fantastic, but let me tell you what happened on a few of these, or, you know, let me attach this loss um, analysis that I did for you, you know, and I can reflect on there that, you know, maybe three of the five claims were what would be considered like a shock loss and not something that necessarily would happen again. So I think it really comes down to how you present it. Um, so, you know, don't hold anything back. I don't think that's, that's good advice to give anyone. Um, but just think about how you present it and think about ways that you can get information to the underwriter that would make them look at it in a more favorable light. You had somebody on here, um, Trisha said, I'm always very transparent with my underwriter. I've tried to develop a friendship with them so we can be candid and honest. 
And I feel like that works in insurance across the board. Yes. You know, somebody feels like when they're visiting with you that you, they're going to get the truth yeah. and they're going to know they can trust what you're saying. That's amazing. And so that's awesome. So yeah. I'll kind of second what Waylo was saying. Like I have, I have been burned with the not doing my own research, you know, just relying on my producer to give me information. And then I go send it out. And they're like, according to their Facebook page, they Everyone do thing, and I'm like, what, what are you are, really like, you've just made me look like a fool. Thanks a lot. So learn that lesson, do your own research for sure. And I think it's all in how you paint it. Obviously we have to be transparent we have to give the underwriter the full picture. But if you walk in there and you say, Hey, this is a crappy piece of business with crappy losses. I need you to quote it and give me the best price. Not going to happen. But if you can say, I see, you know, if you can give them the good and the bad, or, you know, tell them what they're doing to try to improve, you're going to have a lot better, you know, you're going to have a lot better results than if you, um, it's, then again, that's kind of attitude too, right? Like if you go in there with a bad attitude, like these people suck, write their insurance, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But if you try and paint something in a positive light, then maybe you're going to have a little bit more success. So I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm totally not professional. Like, <laughs> This is what PIA, here I am. I'm sorry. Hey, we're all, that's it though. We're all family. It's a network. I mean, if it's going to be <laughs> stuffy and we're all going to be like this, it's not going to be enjoyable and people aren't going to learn and they're not going to want to you know, be involved in this. So I'm glad that we're all comfortable enough with one another to visit in this fashion. I do want to hear from Sydney though, since she has been on the carrier side and the agency side. I would like to hear her response to that question. No, I, I think Wayla and MK have both hit the nail on the head as far as that goes. Presentation is everything. Um, when it comes to marketing risks, being able to positively convey a risk, but especially in remarketing, especially commercial accounts, if you've got uh, an account with adverse loss history, don't just throw it out and say, this is a crummy account, please do your best or try to beg them. Paint a story and understanding your risk goes such a long way in getting underwriter buy-in. If you can communicate a risk, communicate a well understanding, what they've implemented to help loss history, what changes they've made over the course of their time. Because so many of us ride accounts, they renew where they are. We maybe don't do as good of a job as we could about touching back, re-verifying information and making sure that we are following that relationship and is in the know as possible about what's taking place. Um, and being able to communicate that on the front end goes a long way. And being transparent if they're not the best looking account. Don't try to make a pile of poop look amazing if it's just not the case. And your underwriters are going to respect that. Um, you know, I've had cases where I've been transparent and talked through accounts and it's not worked out on A, B or C, but I've been successful in convincing an underwriter to write that next scenario because of our history in communicating oh, over good. our risks. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I always say don't slap lipstick on a pig. Right. Twilight, Twilight wrote down here. That's true. Like if you're going to lie to an underwriter once, they're going to think you're going to do it the next time and the yeah. next time. So you don't want to burn that bridge. Yeah. It burns a bridge with you and it can in turn burn bridges with other people at your agency. They, they may take that interaction with you and assume that everyone at this agency operates the same way. So you are, you're the face of your agency. You are responsible for communicating your account and keeping a solid relationship with your underwriters. Brooklyn came on and said, as an account manager, you were never working with or for just one person. You were there for the insured producer, carrier, and your company. Your due diligence is your best advantage. And that's so true. true. It's back to the representation of, I feel like sometimes when I go in, you know, they're, I want, especially like when I go in, everybody's like, oh, the principal. And I'm like, I don't, okay. 
I want to meet the entire office because I feel like it takes an entire office to represent your the agency itself. And I feel like sometimes account managers feel like they don't have the ability to represent, but they do. They have more of ability sometimes than the personnel on the street bringing the business in because that person, you know, the producer may touch them once or twice, but the account manager is going to talk to that person more than anybody else. So there's a lot of power with being an account manager and that you ladies have done wonderful jobs of taking that power and making it work for you. And that's one reason I wanted to have, you know, you guys on this panel and give the opportunity for these ladies to come speak with you. So thank you, ladies. We're going to take probably one more question if anybody has one they want to put in the panel. And then I do want to, can I ask Miss Kelly something? Do you, did, did you want to have, so did you have something you wanted to say, Miss Kelly? Um, I was just thinking about the whole underwriter situation and under the idea of how do you make your job easier? If you oversell it to an underwriter and they cancel it next year, your job's really hard. Okay. So remember that, but there's also a big issue in a lot of agencies I work with, with producer and account manager relationships, not always being like on the same team. You're diametrically opposed. You have somebody who's mortgage payment depends on a sale and who is all excited and producers want to see the best in everything, right? Like, this is amazing. This is an amazing account. It's an underwater basket weaving dynamite company. Don't we have a market for that? This is amazing. And account managers are like, oh my gosh, I deal with all these clients. I know the markets. This is going to be a tight risk and it's going to be a pile of poop to Heath's comment of to deal with. And we have to somehow break down that tension between producers and account managers because you're on the same team and producers come in like the Tasmanian devil because they're supposed to be out and about. And so they're like, blah, 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 blah. we need this all right now. And here's a napkin with a phone number and do your thing. And I'm going to go out, play golf with people. And account managers are like, I'm drowning in work. And these producers are giving me half the information. They don't respond to email for a week, but I think that there's a lot of work to be done of understanding both parties' roles because they're critical to the agency and having empathy and saying, most of us on this meeting don't want to go to 100% commission, <laughs> right? Yeah. And That's most so producers don't want to go sit behind a desk all day, but we need each other and we need to really work on those relationships and don't always expect kind of to the attitude thing. You know, you can't always expect them to come to you. I do. I teach producers all the time. I'm like, you're going to get more with honey. So treat your account managers right. Buy them the bottle of wine on Friday. High five. Take them to lunch. Divide, you know, build that relationship. And just like your underwriters, mysteriously, those producers are like, go to the top of the file. And I was going to ask you, Kelly, you know, do you have any kind of tips and tricks that you can say of how to make that synergy of that relationship stronger? Like, you, I mean, as the producers can do their part as an account manager. Is there a way? Because, again, you know, it's all about how we respond and how we take control of it on the account manager. And how can you help that relationship be more beneficial to you and the agency? I think it's like three quick little things that anybody could do because it's it's a complicated relationship. Right. The first one, ask the producer, how do you want to be communicated to? Do you want to be on every email? Do you want me to text you when I have a question? Is phone call the best? What's the best way to get you so I can help your client succeed? That's the step one. Step okay. two, book meetings with your producers. Don't just communicate via email. Like I need a weekly check-in with you, <laughs> okay? Friday, 8.30 to nine, we're going to go over your renewals. We're going to go over your new business. We're going to get on the same page because that's what a team does. And step three is I think when producers send things in, your first job is to like pre-underwrite it, right? Do I have what I need to do a good job? Okay, 
I have what I need. We're good. You're going to hear back from me on Wednesday and tell them dates so they know what to expect or ask them dates. When do you need this by so that you can prioritize your work? And if you've got too much, you need to pull it up and say, okay, here's what I have on my plate. I'm working on these other three renewals. Would you like this new business to come over that? That's really good. You got to be a controller and, and you have to invest in structure for the relationship because by nature, producers are not structured. And so they're going to Tasmanian devil you. Here you go. And by the way, I need that by two o'clock. I'm going to go to lunch. I'll see you then. They don't know what you do. So, and you don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so you don't know when a piece of new business comes in and it's, you know, going to renew next week and it's complicated and you're like, what? But they're excited. They're tiggers. They're bouncing around, like totally going to kill this, you know, pig farm that also is an Airbnb with alpacas. And, you know, <laughs> by the way, they sell soap. <laughs> like, this is going to be the greatest account of my life. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, what are we doing? So you just have to realize both are critical and you're on the same team. And if you can communicate with this is how we need to work together, they'll start asking for favors versus expecting favors. And you'll start being able to say, hey, this is the other things we got working on. Tell me how you want your priorities done, but we can't do them all today. That's wonderful advice. That's great. That way. I know sometimes account managers that I've spoken to, for lack of a better way of explaining it, their confidence level is not at a an all-time high to where they feel like they can visit with producers like that. Because sometimes I feel like account managers look like they're not as high on the totem pole mm-hmm. and they are. So how can, what advice can you give about changing the perception of yourself in the agency within yourself and, you know, realizing that you do have the ability to go to the producer and say, my schedule is this. I understand your schedule is this as well, but if we're going to work together, how are we going to do this? Because it's not always encouraged for there to be that kind of relationship between the two. I think that the best way to facilitate that is just to start by saying, Hey, let's spend some time together and get a little organized on how we want to work together, right? Like even that's a phone call, if that's, you know, a quick meeting, be like, be like, hey, I'm, I feel like we could probably improve how we work together. Let's have a chat about it and see what works best for both people. Now, you know, you may have producers that blow off that meeting and then, yeah. you know, you have to say, hey, we didn't meet this week. This is what I'm doing. And just tell them, <laughs> right? If you want something different, let me know by five. <laughs> and like, I think the confidence level is, and that's why I'm probably so passionate about the titles. Customer service rep to me sounds like, you know, a really kind of like, hey, I just do some transactions. I help producers. Account manager says, I'm running your renewals. I'm running your new business. I'm head shake like crazy. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, like it depends. And there's a lot of people out there that just want to do, I just want to take payments. I just want to do the certificates. I want the producer to tell, give me work, tell me what to do every day. You will always be frustrated because the day is going to happen to you. And so I think that goes into job descriptions. It goes into roles and responsibilities and the agency has to invest in. This is what the producer is responsible for. This is what the account manager is responsible for. And the way it was always explained to me is, hey, you know what? The, uh, the producer is the pilot of the airplane. The pilot's there and greets you, says, hey, welcome on the airplane, you know, And the pilot gets on and starts talking and gets the plane up in the air. And they say, hey, we're at 10,000 feet. We're going to cruise here. Things are smooth. Then the flight attendants take over and they make sure that you're safe and they serve the peanuts and the drinks. And they're there for all that transactions during the flight being up in the air. You don't see the pilot walking around serving peanuts, right? (laughs) 
And then when it's time to take the plane down, the pilot gets back involved, which is the renewal. And so it's got to be clear, but so often it's a mess because the client just thinks I got to email the producer. The producer sits on it. Now you're scrambling or the producer says, why didn't you let me know about this? So the client emailed me directly. There has to be clear roles and and engagement of how people want to operate. And I'm going to just say this. It can't be. It depends by the client. Okay. It is not a snowflake situation where, well, with this client, we do this and this client, we do this. That is the recipe for balls dropped. Okay. So it may take the agency or it might just take you working with your producers directly and saying, this is what's going to go down. But I love it when the agency gets involved and helps it straighten out because otherwise you get into what we call the renewal scramble, which every renewal is delayed. Everybody's stressed. The client's pissed and we're delivering a renewal and commercial lines a week before renewal. I think that's wonderful. The way that True. the airplane announced, because it gives you a visual of, of what you're talking about, how that relationship works and when, who, which each person comes into play with that. I know that, you know, we're giving all these wonderful examples and we're doing all this and there's some probably people on here thinking, you know, well, I can't go to my account, um, my principal and ask this, or I can't go to my producer. I, you know, I've, uh, you ladies have made it so far in your life. And I think one of the reasons why is because of how you make that initial approach. So, um, I would like to ask Amanda, you know, when you make that approach and if there's any other questions that you guys want to ask, because I kind of took over on that one, please let me know. Please put them in the chat box because we're rolling up on an hour and I know everybody's got, you know, we're all busy. And so uh, I appreciate your time, but I would like to just hear a quick thing on like the approach, you know, how to approach someone to be able to do this, to make changes in your office when you don't own it. Well, first of all, we're not busy. We're productive. Um, Busy is a bad word. (laughs) So we're productive. Um, but, you know, it's, it's been my experience because I've, I've seen, I've been on, on one end to the other. And, and it is hard. It is hard, um, especially if your office doesn't have other producers other than the owners. Um, you know, you feel like you can't approach the owner. But, you know, sometimes you just have to let them know that your time's just as valuable as theirs is. Um, and, and they have to kind of, you I like the, the team, the, the team approach, what she said, you need to sit down and get together and what works best for you as a team, because what works with, you know, another person may not work with this person, or you just have to let people know, like for instance, in, in the agency that I'm in now at Block, I do the majority of the commercial lines marketing. So everybody sends everything to me and I market it out. Well, I have told the producers, if, um, you know, if, if I email you, you're, you're, your submission just went to the bottom of my stack until I get a response. And what I do is I have a color coded Excel spreadsheet (laughs) that I put in there. And on that spreadsheet, it gives the date that the submission was given to me. It's got their need by date on it. And it has the renewal dates or the, or the proposed effective date. And that number one, I, I, I email that out every Friday morning to all the producers and, and the account managers. And I say, okay, this is what I'm working on. Number one, if it's not on this list, I'm not working on it. So if you think producer one sent it to me and he didn't, because it's not on this list, I'm not working on it. So that's that's a reminder for them that number one, you know, if it's not on here, Amanda ain't working on it. So you better be working on it or somebody better be. And number two, if it's um, in red, I put it in red, which, you know, it's kind of a warning color. 
um, when I'm needing something from that from that account manager or that producer, and I'll put a note out to the side, you know, hey, I'm waiting on a supplemental app. You know, I sent you, I emailed you a supplemental app on this date, and I'm still waiting on it. So if it's in red, that means it's gone to the bottom of my stack. I'm not working on it. I'm working on the other ones that I have everything in it that I need on. And then once I email out the quotes back to the account managers and the producers, it moves up to green on my list. And that means, hey, Amanda's done with it. She's not working on it anymore. It's now back in your hands. It's y'all's responsibility to go sell it. Um, it's off my list and it stays on my, on my chart until they let me know if they found it or if we lost it and why we lost it. Um, but that's just kind of the way I felt because that way everybody works the same way as I do. I bring them to my level, you know, because I'm just that kind of person. Um, I, I'm, I make them come onto my game board and they play the way I want to play. So it just works out better, it, you know, from the get-go. We've hired a couple of new producers over the last year. And, and when we bring them in, I just tell them, hey, this is how I navigate. If you want me quoting for you, you're going to have to play by my rules. <laughs> so uh, that's just how I do it. And it, and, and it works out like if you give them, if you give them the, you know, the rules up front and tell them this is what we expect and this is how it seems to work best for our team and our agency because all of our account managers know this is how we do it. And, and just get them to do it that same way. It seems to work very well. Will you email your spreadsheet out? Yes. I, mean, I know there's people out there wanting this. <laughs> no, but that's a, that's a great idea on, on how to do that. I mean, you have to figure out what works for you, right? <laughs> you I mean, do. Um, my thing is, I'm hearing you say this and I'm thinking, that's like, you touch that spreadsheet a lot. Oh, I you do. Know? I live or die by that spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And everybody has their live and die buys and you just have to figure out what works for you. You know, Sydney, is that something that you do with that? Do you have like a spreadsheet that you do or do you have a, a quick way that you kind of help keep yourself sane? I work spreadsheets. When we had more producers, I was utilizing certain tools um, more than before. We've, we've, we're a little condensed as far as producers, but I w- have working spreadsheets that show status updates. So original intake of information, if there's anything that's lacking and not to poke on Heath, I know he's already left a couple comments, but these are one of the things we went round and round about in the beginning. We both came onto the agency around the same time. So we we had a lot of growing pains in figuring out the best systems to communicate information and to really process risks all the way through. Um, but I try to stage things from collecting information, sending them out and regularly communicating status updates to the producers involved as well so that they can in turn communicate. There are some clients that you have to babysit a little bit more than others, but ultimately being as transparent about where we are and what's needed as possible so that we're all on the same page. I like to make sure everyone's aware of what's going on and there aren't questions so that we can move the ship forward as efficiently as possible. That's fantastic advice to mm-hmm. the transparency of it all so everybody knows it's on the same page you know Mary Catherine do you I mean you you're in a new a newer role in your career and it's there's a lot more of the juggling aspect going on do you have a an organizational way because you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get to Kelly last because that's like you know, I just fly by the seat of my pants no um we have an agency management system and um kind of a to-do list so I try to prioritize everything by expiration date so you know the hottest stuff goes to the top of the pile. Um, but in, you know, I, I interact with a lot of producers and I haven't quite managed the art of all managing all of their expectations, but I do think open communication is just the best. Um, for me, I, I, I don't, I don't have a hard time talking to people if you haven't figured that out yet. So I feel like I've never been nervous to just sit down and say, this isn't working. 
we have to fix it. And, and um, not in a mean way or anything, but I think that's the best way we've been able to um, get communication working better. But I try to just utilize tasks and as far as knocking out the easy stuff quick. And then, you know, like I think what Kelly said, the two minute rule, like if you can just get it done in two minutes then get it done and move on. But it's, it's been a, it's, I'm very new to this position. So it's been um, a very, it's been a learning process for me over the last couple of months, trying to manage so many people's expectations. And see that that's good. Cause everybody thinks that maybe you guys are just have it set and you did that. You're not still learning every day, but you are. And then, Every day, every day. I learn something new every day and will until I, until I retire. That's fantastic. Yeah. That we all are in that, that growth section. And then, you know, Wayla, I want to ask you, Kelly, don't, don't be sad though. Cause I'm going to roll up with you. Cause I know you've got like those, those ones that work for all agencies. <laughs> Miss Wayla, how you've been doing it and you've been in like many different roles. Which way mm-hmm. is the best way for you? What's worked for you? I think at the end of the day, it's really just, well, a couple of things, communication, obviously. Um, I think that when I've stepped into um, issues, you know, where account managers, producers, or marketing producers, just whatever the dynamic looks like, it's typically because there's a lack of communication. So somebody is not communicating their needs, um, you know, effectively. So that's a huge one. And then the other thing I'll say is, I think a lot of, well, and we've said, I think account managers don't recognize their worth as much as they should. Um, you know, I think that occasionally I'll see people being in that like victim mindset versus that empowered mindset. And I just think if everyone will, you know, just take a minute and I guess just get a little more comfortable with the fact that, you know, you're an integral part of the agency and, you know, you're not a victim, you are in charge of your destiny. You, you have more empowerment than you think you do. Um, you know, just give it a whirl, (laughs) give it a try, you know, to try to have those more assertive conversations and see if that doesn't, doesn't help, you know, the dynamics a lot of the time. That's great advice. Like we were talking earlier about having that confidence and realizing that you are, like you said, an integral part. Yeah. I mean, Kelly, you were talking about that as well. You know, when you're talking about the producer and the plane and the, the, the flight attendant. And so to wrap us up, because we are a little bit over an hour, if you could give us three different ways or two different ways, or just what your best way is of, of being organized in this and like, because organization helps everyone's stress level. So I, <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, I feel like this is personal. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> so I'm going to be, you know, the, the biggest three things when we, we have a whole time management program with 10 steps, I'll tell you the three biggest steps that relieve people. And you might think it's crazy, but it's getting your emails down to under 10 every day and zero by Friday. When you have hundreds of emails in your inbox, you're missing stuff. Just even the visual stress of it all is over freaking whelming. And when people kick their email habit, it's universally the one thing they go, Oh my gosh, I feel so much better. I can't get over it. But people think, what do I do with them? Well, they should be attached to your management system. They shouldn't be in your inbox and you can put folders and you can delete them and there's things. Um, the next thing that them all is red, right? Yeah. I was at in Louisiana a couple weeks ago. The owner had 78,000 emails in their inbox. They just took them all and put a Kelly folder. And they said, anything before April 1st is going to Kelly folder or because I mean, that's like the whole history of insurance. I don't know, but they started peeling through. It's carriers that weren't in business anymore, underwriters that aren't there. It just, it was ridiculous, right? And by the way, that number is just going to keep growing as time goes on. So get your emails under control. The next thing is use 
your management system the way it's supposed to be used. It is a task management system. A to-do list is always going to need to be reprioritized. So you need to use your management system because that has a priority. It has a due date. And by the way, you can reassign it if you need help. And the last thing I'm going to say, and this is going to be the hardest pill for people to swallow, somewhere in insurance, if you've been doing it for as long as we all stated we were, you got trained in your head that asking for help is a sign of weakness and you're pawning your work off on other people and you don't want to bother people. And I don't want someone to have to do my work. It is the agency's work. Okay. It is the agency's name. And if your ego is that fragile where you can't ask for help, it's going to lead to a bad Google review. It's going to lead to a client canceling because you're missing expectations. And you personally cannot control the volume of work that comes at you every day. And we need to start operating like a team. But the only way we operate like a team is if the management system is up to date so people can help. But for me, I was the account manager that did the snot crying, you know, the I can't win all the work, the mental breakdown, which was then not only embarrassing as all ever embarrassing, but also, you know, like I did it because I felt like. Everybody else is so busy because we use the B word all the time. I can't ask them for help. They're just as busy as I am. We're all crushed. No one hears me. No one understands. And I realized then that the person over there is actually playing on Facebook. (laughs) And I'm drowning. The person on their cell phone texting their friends. And I'm, I'm drowning with five quotes to do. And we have to knock this off. It is the agency's client. You happen to take the lead. But you cannot control all the work that comes at you every day. And we need to break down these barriers of I don't touch her files. They're nasty. This is my file. That is not a way to a successful agency anymore. And somewhere along the way, I got trained that way. You hold your stuff and no one else should have to do your work. And it's wrong. It is not the way we operate in 2021. That we do. Well, first of all, you guys, we do a video every day. So we do a three minute video. It's nothing crazy. It won't take too much time. But you can go on our website, agencyperformancepartners.com and sign up for that. That's free. Everybody can get to that. Um, We put them on social media. You can friend us on Facebook. We do have online school courses. And Heath mentioned, I know that there is a discount code. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Um, But I think it was in our PowerPoint slide. So Stacey, I can send that over to you guys. But we have an online school. It's all video training. Anybody can take it anytime. And it's got all these tips and more on how everybody can work together better. That's fantastic. Especially like when we're talking to account managers that, you know, they can just pop on when they want to and see it and use it. And it's very accessible to them. So, and then they can everybody go tell everybody how wonderful Kelly and Waylon, Amanda and Mary Catherine and Sydney were, but y'all have a wonderful day. And thank you so much for attending and being involved in the grind series behind the grind account managers. Thank you so much. Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for checking out this incredible episode. Wasn't that a lot of fun? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, What a cool conversation and a great panel discussion. I was glad you were able to be a part of it. Uh, If you have an idea for your own show, reach out to my friends over at uh, Ready, Set, Podcast. They do such a great job. Um, They can uh, do the recording. They can do the editing. Um, they can do it live and in person, or they can do it over Zoom. It's so much fun working with their team. Uh, Ryan does a great job. Go to GetReadySetPodcast.com and, and check them out. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the social platforms. 
getreadysetpodcast.com. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant ideas into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.